Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 124 and this episode sees the return of Andy Etches who came on the podcast way back on episode 14. Andy's the founder and sports director at Rezzle, which are a VR company. So it was great to catch up with Andy. We spoke about some of the updates that have gone on with the system they use at Rezzle between the previous podcast and the sort of last time I spoke to him and currently, which is that's been absolutely loads. Um, we also touched on how to use VR or virtual reality for rehab and how that fits into the rehab process. We spoke about using uh, VR for speed development as well, which is some really interesting um, developments in terms of the VR headset and the sort of things they're looking at to to work on speed development. And then we spoke about some future plans that are in place with Rezzle and, and the VR, the headset, and also um, a game they've got out at the moment as well. So loads of information in this one and loads of really exciting um, things to come in the future from Rezzle as well. So if you're not already following them, go and give them a follow because there's a lot of players and clubs posting about the work that they're doing with Rezzle and um, yeah, it's get, getting a lot more popular now and a lot more people understanding where it fits in to the, the whole uh, training process and it's it'll be even more interesting as well when more and more research comes out as well and I know the guys at Rezzle are doing a lot of their own research um, and a lot of people doing research on the system as well. So this also ties in really nicely with a previous episode that I did with Fraser Finley where he spoke, we talked about uh, visual and cognitive training and also the one we did recently with Clive Brewer as well, um, who talked about the sort of spectrum of speed development on some people needing to work on recognising stimulus and and, um, reacting to stimulus on the pitch, Um, that being one end of the spectrum, the other end being developing speed, power and all the physical capabilities to allow yourself to develop more force on the pitch as well so this very much focuses on the visual and cognitive side of preparation but it's a really interesting um, method or or something that can be added to the training process so it was great to catch up with Andy I just wanted to give a little heads up as well if you do just listen to the podcast on Spotify iTunes SoundCloud we actually added some footage um, from Rezzle on the over on the YouTube page so go and give that a watch as well so if you do just want to listen to it obviously listen to the episode but I would recommend just to flick over onto our YouTube page just YouTube page just search Football Fitness Federation and it'll obviously be the latest podcast on there because it just shows the um, Rezzle system being used and you can go and check it out and the things that Andy describes he describes it great but you can obviously also watch it and you'll get a better indication about what he's actually talking about too. So go and give that a watch. As always, thank you for your support and for listening to the episode. And here is episode 124 with Andy Etches. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 124. I'm delighted to be joined by a previous guest of the podcast, someone that we've not caught up in a long time. Looking back, the previous episode 14... And I've just been saying before we started recording, that was January 2019, which is absolutely ages ago. So Andy Etches, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Thanks for having me. 
Now, <laughs> any, yeah, anyone that doesn't know um, and didn't listen to the previous episode, number one, go back and listen to it because there's some good stuff in it. But also, Andy is the founder and sports director at Rezzle. And what I'll do, I'll pass you on to Andy. Andy, do you want to give a little bit of background about Rezzle? And then also um, we'll do a few updates on what's been going on recently as well. No worries. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me again. Obviously, 101 episodes later is quite quite an achievement, isn't it? The fact we're still here after a global pandemic is, is quite one thing, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's, good to, uh, it's good to have you to be on it. Um, so yeah, us, Rezzle, we've been around for three years. We're in our fourth year now, if this is... Um, you know, 20, 2021. Um, we've been established for three three years, really. Um, we spent the first year and a half uh, working with working with teams and players and coaches to kind of us kind of work out what our platform was going to do, where it fitted in the world, and, um, and make sure that it was it was effective and um, and, um, and useful to players and coaches. And I guess we spent the last year and a half um, really going out there. Improving it and uh, putting it in people's hands and making making sure that it's used in um, used by as many people as possible. Um, platform itself is a virtual reality training platform. It's based in VR, although we now have some other elements that are taken out of VR and we're looking at other technologies to um, to to kind of make the most of what we can do. Uh, but the the tech itself is is an, an incredible way to work out and see uh, players' cognitive capabilities, um, help them with decision making. Um, look at stress levels and, and how to manage them um, and just work on different facets of a player's game. You know, if you, if you can see certain areas um, that, you know, maybe a player is struggling mentally with or, or if a player is having issues um, with a certain part of vision, then we can obviously help counter that with, uh, with our system. It's a really interesting area because it, it's uh, an area in terms of cognition and um, sort of visually as well with a player that, we can tap into in terms of, and I'm referring to like sports science and strength conditioning out on the pitch and stuff, but we know, and this, well, the past year has proved it probably more than any, hasn't it? That there's, there's not always ideal situations where we can go and set drills up and make it really specific. So this VR, the VR system, and obviously I used it a long time ago. So it will be great to hear some updates in a second about what's been going on recently and some of the things that you put in place. But if anyone hasn't used it, it does sort of open your open your mind and open your eyes to like a different side of how we can prepare players, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, you know it, it gives you a different opportunity, especially you know if, if you're in a cycle of you know rest day or you don't want to put a player under too much physical stress, but you still want to challenge them or you still want to give them some kind of technical or tactical uh, training. Um, you know, I want you to work think about this scenario or. Or um, I want you to put you under a little bit of pressure and see how you react. It's something that we can do without a physical load or without a massive physical load anyway. You can be pushed on it if you want. Yeah, and I remember that last time because I was sweating <laughs> when I was doing that. Um, but, yeah. but let's go into, because I'm really intrigued with this because we've not really caught up properly about this. So um, what about updates, mate? So the last time I used it, um, obviously we were able to, you, you set up some specific game scenarios and I think it was even specific players, specific teams. I, from what I remember, it was Man City and it was Sterling running down the wing and you you saw everything that was going on. What, what's been going on recently? So the sort of, since that time, we're talking probably over a year now, what have been some of the recent progressions um, well, we, we've extended that, and we've, we've basically made that much better as a as a as a tool. First and foremost, um, so that kind of analysis has, has been a huge part of um, 
of our of our growth. Um, what we've done with that is we've decoupled the headset first and foremost um, to make it possible for um, the game scenarios to be sent to players on the laptop or or to be watched on on a plane. You know, if players travelling back or a coach is travelling back from a game. Um, they can actually now view it just using a flying drone cam around the stadium on their actual laptop instead of um, instead of needing the headset. Um, the headset's always going to be there, and it gives you an extra layer of you know I'm I'm on the pitch and I can see what's going on. Uh, but you know we wanted to still make it possible to view from any angle, so we, we've we've done that on that side. Then on on top of the um, on top of the analysis side, our, our cognitive training elements have, have just grown and become more. First of all, more validated. You know, we've got several studies that back us up now um, that prove that what we're doing, or suggest to prove that what we're doing is is useful, it's meaningful, it has a transfer, and it's got some validity. Um, and we've looked at more. Um, I guess we've looked at a few different areas as well in terms of you know what can we do from a concussion standpoint uh, for players, or what can we do even outside of sport. Uh, we've got a study going on with UCLA at the moment where we're looking at um, neurological uh, pressure and and general motor control and all kinds of uh, stuff to, to look at general recovery from general injury for, 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 the, for the public, um, not just for elite footballers. So there's, there's plenty of been going on. <laughs> um, all that alongside us developing a product for people at home as well, which is um, coming out soon. So, and yeah, you, you'll have that. to tell me on certain parts, Andy, which what you can talk about and what you can't, because I know there's certain things that you uh, a top secret, but in terms of that side of things, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's that's hopefully, and we'll talk about the future in a little bit as well. But this is an area that's really intriguing because I'm guessing the idea is to sort of end up in in people's homes and um, make it as sort of readily available to as many people as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think our our goal as a business has always been to kind of take technology from the top and take from take learning examples from the world's best coaches and the world's best players and and how they're coached and be able to make that available to the general public. So if you are an amateur player or if you are um, a player who's on the verge of maybe becoming um, a pro or, you know, you want to find an extra 10%, we want to try and help you get there with with some of the top level coaches, or sorry, with some top level training that will be difficult to get in any other way because maybe you don't have access to you know, a, a facility like Man City's or maybe don't have access to some of the technology that they've got, but we might be able to create it for you virtually. It's why we're in a room full of props, essentially. Here. You know, <laughs> the reaction wall there, all the other stuff in the background. We, we've got drills in here that have made these things virtual so you can interact with them um, and train with them in the same way as you would do in, uh, in any other elite training environment. And I think since we spoke last time, I've seen, sort of seen it spread over social media, seen loads of players using it, loads of teams using it. So it, there must be more interest in it now as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think we've got 45 teams globally using the system now um, in countries as far aside as, well, yesterday we signed up someone in Peru. Uh, we've, got, um, we've got a number of teams in, 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 um, in Mexico, the US, uh, Russia, China, um, Korea, the UK, obviously. Um, France, we're working with the FFF in France, which is the other FFF. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, they play yeah. second for um, mate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, some of the uh, some teams in Spain, you know, it's, it's, it's grown. I think what, what is probably a bigger validation for what we're doing as well is we're, we're in other sports now as well. So um, we've got an NBA team that we're working with. Um, we're working with the NBA Players Association in some way as well. Um, we we recently put a kit last Sunday in the England Rugby's training camp 
Um, so it's it's not just football anymore. We're starting to see recognition from from other areas of other sports, um, all at the elite end as well. You know, it's um, it's interesting what we're picking up from there as well because we can we can transfer a lot of the learnings and the coaching styles and the, and the um, the way that that those sports are trained and bring them over to football a lot easier than perhaps you know bringing a coach over because it's we look at the the method rather than the I guess the the personality. Yeah, that's interesting because we we speak about that a lot in terms of learning from different sports. So that that does make it quite a smooth, I suppose, transition to take something from a different sport, doesn't it? If you're bringing it over in a in like a headset rather than like you say, practitioners yeah. or getting out to clubs, and especially now where we're not really able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example. Like we've got this NBA team we've been working with. They've got they've seen a completely different application to to how we use it in football. Um, they want to use it as um, activation more than anything, especially activation on a road. So obviously if they're away on a seven or eight day um, traveling spree and they'll play two games in that period, um, they don't take all of their equipment with them. So the, the gym, the access to the gym stuff that they would have back in their training facility, they're not always going to have it with them um, in a hotel or whatever. But if they've got our little suitcase box, which you see over there behind me, um, it's not very big. They can pack the kit up in that and then they can just set it up in a player's hotel room if they want or in a common area. And all of a sudden, you've got a virtual gym with access to d- different things that they would use um, at, at home but won't use when they're away. Um, that's been really useful. And then pre-game activation, we've got some like hand-eye fitness, um, not fit light stuff, but some, something similar to that where we, we kind of train in players to, to think fast and, and move the hands quickly that they'll use pre-game, which has proven so far you know, the players are loving it and, and the players who are using it seem to be reacting incredibly well to it um, and, and perceived performance increases high. So It'll be interesting good. to see how that progresses actually, won't it? Because obviously in terms mm. of like that warm-up time, there's there's only sort of so much... Um, like obviously, we'll, we'll do small-sided games and we'll work on things that try and replicate what's going to go on in the game. But if incorporating that is going to be a really interesting area, actually, in terms of how that progresses, because I can see something fitting in there uh, long term for for many clubs. Absolutely. I can definitely see it for, you know, like um, you've got most stadiums, they've got like a little warm up room where there'll be some bikes and all that lot in just next to the tunnel. Um, There's no reason at all why they couldn't be, you know, um, a resil kit in there as well, especially with the work we're doing in the NBA to see, you know, that five minutes before they'll go out on the on the um onto the court, a couple of players will try this stuff out and see, you know, what improvements they can make or just get visually and mentally warmed up rather than just physically warmed up. Um, like I said, the reports have been quite big and I can see that, you know, just like directly crossing over into a goalkeeper warm up, for example, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. not necessarily an outfield player at the moment. We probably want to do some more, but um, you know, there's it's an area we're exploring anyway. I don't, want to get, <laughs> don't want to make any claims that we can't back up yet, but, you know, um, it, it's looking promising, should we say. But with that, if you, if you think about, because we were talking last time, I think about Sane, and you, you guys did quite a bit of research on, um, like, defending against him and the sort of positions that you had to be in and um, how that it was such small margins on him getting past you or not getting past you. So if we take that as an example, mm-hmm. like, that if you're lining up to play against a winger, for example, and you are a fullback and you can rehearse, mentally rehearse and have this, this headset on and see the player running at you and making certain movements, obviously that's going to tie in quite nicely to a warm-up, I'd like to think. Um, and it'd just be really interesting yeah. on how that, how that progresses. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we've evolved that that kind of methodology that we were talking about last time around, you know, you, our, one of our things that we've always said is that you put the first yards in your head. Obviously, yeah. you know, if you, you're, you're going to beat this player depending on where you're positioned on the pitch. You know, if you're positioned a meter to the right, if your starting position is there and your body's open, then you've got more chance of keeping up with them um, than you have, you know, if, they, if you stood right next to them, for example. Um, it's not something that people perceive always, but we can now um, take this to the next level where we can put you in a scenario, either a real game scenario or a coach-created scenario and show you how, you know, if you're positioned here, this is the impact of your movement on the space that you control on the field um, from a first-person perspective. And being able to show a player, you know, this this minor movement of a half a metre, that direction changes all control of the pitch to to, the, to your opposition player as opposed to, to yourself. Um, and explaining that's because, you know, you, you're stood still, but if you're halfway through a run or if, your body, if you're in an acceleration position or if your body's open, and you have a meter in this decision, then you'd be completely blocking off all of the options. Um, it's much easier to grasp when you put someone there and show them. You know, you see Pep talking about all the time, like open your body up and all these kind of videos that he's talking, <laughs> that you see him and that's what he's talking about. It's just, we're, we're just trying to make it more understandable and more, more open to players, more yeah. accessible. I just wanted to give a very quick update on our online community because um, this podcast goes out on the same day that we will be holding one of our um, community webinars, which we are including three of our um, community members, Sam Holt from Wigan Athletic, we've got Matt Wood from Oldham and Nathan Griffith from Oxford. We are going to be discussing, the lads are going to do short presentations on the post-COVID return to play process. So we're going to be discussing um, what that process looks like, any monitoring they have in place, um, any amendments they have to make on the programme and essentially when players are fit and healthy enough to return to training or to playing as well. So we're going to have a good discussion. We're going to open it up to some of our community members as well. If you're listening to this after um, that time, this is also going to be available. It's going to be recorded and uploaded onto our online community. So that is going to join some of our recent webinars that we've uploaded um, the recent one from Chris Barnes, Sports Science, the Past, Present and Future. And um, we've got loads more on there as well. Um, and we are, are in the process as well. I'm just confirming the next few. We're going to have a few more webinars going on over the next few months and also some coming up with physique as well. So we hope to get that information out to you very soon. But if you're not um, a member of the community already, you can get a free month from the community by going to footballfitfed.com. Click in the community tab, register in there, make sure you go through the full sign-up process. That will give you one month free on the community. You can get access to all the information on there. After that free month, it is only £4.99 per month going forward and you'll get continued access to everything currently on there and all future webinars as well. So go and check it out, footballfitfed.com. Click the community tab and sign up there. Here's part two of the podcast with Andy. 100%. 100%. And for anyone that's not used anything like this, Andy, I want to try and make it, and we are going to try and put some video um, on, on this video <laughs> um, for everyone to sort of see it because it, it can, I think it can be for people that, like when I hadn't used it, it was very hard to sort of imagine exactly what it was like. So we will try and show as much as we can. But in terms of like talking people through certain drills and how it actually works, can you just give, and I know that's hard because you've got a lot going on now, but can you give like a bit of a description on, on how, what they actually look like? Yeah. So the, the biggest benefit to Rezzle really, especially in football 
is that there's no learning curve with it. We just basically say, put this headset on. Um, you used to have to put loads of trackers on your feet and shin pads and all this kind of stuff. And now it's just two little things that sit on, on your shoelaces. Um, we just said, put this headset on, put that on and play football. Come Do do what comes naturally to you. There's no there's no kind of teaching process um, to get a player to understand what they've got to do. So first of all, that's a massive benefit because it's instant. They understand it and they do what's coming natural. And it means that they compete more naturally too. Uh, but when they're in it, we can kind of read all kinds of bits of information um, off the back of them. We can read how long their dwell time on the ball is. So when you receive a ball, um, how long it's going to take you to control that ball, find your target and deliver it back because you're using your feet with this system. You're not, you're not like making a decision with your fingers, like pointing at a screen going, that's what I do in this situation. Or I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything that's, that's unnatural as a footballer or anything that something that you wouldn't come across in a real game. You are, as you would do in a real game, receive a ball, control it, deliver it back to, you know, where it needs to be. Or in certain drills that we've got, make a run into a, into a specific space. Or in certain drills, you know, just watch what's going on around you, make decisions based on it. Um, so what we, t- what we talk about, like there's a couple of other VR companies out there now that have um, been around for a while um, as well, all very good. Uh, you know, we're great believers in um, phrase of rising tide floats all ships, you know, so there's the, everyone's got a different approach to, to, this, to this industry. And I think it's really interesting how some companies have taken an approach to it than what we've done. So what we, what we really focus on is the ability to make the decision itself. You know, what we try not to do is impose a methodology on anybody and say, in this scenario, in this game scenario, you should do X um, when you, you know, and it's a blanket scenario. Kevin De Bruyne did this, so therefore you should do this. Hmm. We, we found that when we approach teams, they're more likely to go, well, I don't think that that's what my player should do, um, either because they're not Kevin De Bruyne or they're not whoever. What we do instead is we look at, the ability to code to make the decision. So we'll try and grow your capacity to, to be able to understand what's going on around you, whether that's through scanning and actually processing something that's that's happening behind you or in in, in the in your vision, um, and then making a decision based on that, um, or whether that is, as we talked about before, where a coach can create their own scenarios and say, this is what I want you to do for that specific player, not what another player's done in the past, what you should do um, and train that kind of capability. And it's it's worked really well for us, to be quite honest. We've we've done um, we've done well so far. Now this ties really nicely because we've done a few podcasts recently. Um, one recently with Clive Brewer, who worked uh, over in the states most most recently in the MLS, and he was speaking about speed development. And when we're working with players, there might be we sort of spoke about a spectrum. So some players might struggle in terms of recognizing stimuli on the pitch and reacting to it. Some players, and then the other end of the spectrum was that they're simply not strong enough, they're not powerful enough, so not able to exert enough force to, to produce the speed. So we're talking now about that, that um, sort of first end of the spectrum with, with VR. And in terms of speed development, this is, this is the interesting area, isn't it? Because recognising stimuli, whether it's an opposition movement or whether it's a teammate movement or a body position or something, becomes becomes really relevant and you can see it in front of you rather than like trying to imagine it or whatever it is trying to design these drills yeah totally i mean funny funny you should say that we're literally about to to embark on a like a a longitudinal study in this exact area in terms of um first of all deception um body position um and you know reading someone's body position or or, or, um uh, an actual action 
and making a decision based on that, not just, um, you know, where the player's position, but, you know, the, the fact that the knee is slightly bent on the right-hand side means that they're going to go in this direction rather than that direction or that they try to trick you. Um, so, obviously, again, we're trying to give you that advantage of seeing this player's body shape or this player's position means this and that means you should do this in that scenario or, we, you know, it's more likely that the outcome of this run is going to be a curved run rather than a straight run. Um, things like that, being able to pick that up. Um, we think, again, that will give players an advantage. And again, it's something that you might get coached at if you are um, an elite level player, but you might, it might not be filtering down to everybody. Um, and we want to try and make it as available as possible uh, to as many people as possible. But with that as well, obviously you can be coached on the pitch and hopefully that, that is being drilled and, and people are learning that. But that's not to say that VR can't fit within that coaching process as well, can it? Because it, that all that's going to do is enhance it. And I know exactly. um, you touched on it before that some of the drills you do are a lot more cognitive than physical, but at the same time, it did. that's one thing I took from it, how surprising, how physically challenging some of the drills are. And I know you yeah. can dictate that about what you set up, but if you think you're going to be stood there and you're just going to be seeing things, reacting to it, like... I, I wasn't in the worst shape when I did it, but I was dying. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is physically really demanding, isn't it, on certain drills? So it's, that's, that's a, another interesting part of it for me. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that always surprises everybody. I mean, we, we get when we walk through the door, like a bit of a roll eyes, like it's a gimmick or whatever, and then we'll put you in it. And then all of a sudden, you'll be gassing after five minutes and you don't realise why. And it's because we're, we're putting so much cognitive pressure on you that it's, it's not too far, it's not too dissimilar to what you'll face in a real game. If you watch the videos of what, what we do, it looks like, you think that looks dead easy, but what you're not seeing is what you're experiencing when you're in it. And that, and that is we're overloading certain senses and we're trying to provoke... Um, you into a reaction and, and our algorithms reading your performance off the back end of this. Um, it's, it's, it's very bizarre and it's, it's clever in what it does. Um, it's, it's a lot more challenging than what it does than, 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 than you know, than people expect. But the, I guess one of the new additions that we've done is that we can, you can now program in exactly. I want this player to do five minutes of this, one minute of that, and then this drill straight after it. Um, or you can even say, I want them to do a leisure drill, like um, a golf, round the golf, you've got foot golf in there, or round the, round the ball in darts, followed by um, a high intensity, um, like um, mental aptitude drill that's going to force and, and kind of train them under fatigue and see what's, see what's going to happen then. Um, it's, it's, it's evolved to fit into a few different scenarios and it's evolved to be into a serious... Um, piece of kit now and that adjustment on the intensity as well fits really nicely and I think we touched on it in the episode we did before about uh, rehab about fitting mm -hmm. in with rehab programs so do you want to give a, a few examples on on how people might have used it in like the rehab setting yeah absolutely I think the favorite one really is obviously the one that's circulating at the moment because um He's been talking about it quite a lot. Um, Mikel Antonio um, used the system both pre-COVID pre um, when he had a hamstring um, issue um, and he had the kit at home. And then obviously in, in COVID, when before the project restarts <laughs> um, started, um, he was a player who had our system at home and was using it on a regular basis. And obviously we all saw how, how well he came back. Not, not taking credit for that at all. That's his <laughs> hard work. But, um, you know, that is, that is all down to him. But... Um, what is clear in this is, you know, that he felt um, compelled to, you know, to include us in, in his, in his um, you know, in his credits for his recovery uh, because he feels that it, it helped him a little bit um, and it just helped him work on his touch, helped him work on his 
um, you know, training when all other players weren't on a pitch with anybody else. You know, you're not passing the ball or receiving the ball from anybody. You're not being put under pressure by any kind of opposition because they weren't training at that point. Uh, but he's in his living room and he's got players running out and he's got to make a fast decision, adjust his body and pass the ball in a, you know, in, in, a, in a heartbeat um, like you would do in a real game. It's, 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 there's, no, there's no dispute in that that's going to be helpful. No, it's, it's unquestionably helpful, even from a point of view where the players just feel like it is. It's um, it's incredible on that side. We've got a number of other um, things that have happened as well. We worked quite closely with a player, um, Accrington Stanley, who had a ruptured Achilles. Um, we we worked with his physio to bring him through, Matty Donnelly, who's brilliant, um, to help him come back from that point. We had him in the kit quite early on. And it was apparently very helpful to him. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot of um, a lot of interaction with a lot of different clubs and players um, over the recent over recent years. Well, the recent since last time we spoke. Um, I think the main thing is really it, we've made it a hell of a lot more accessible. You know, it used to be really expensive this kit. You know, <laughs> but that's that's because um, development of software like this is expensive. Um, it costs us a fortune to build it, but um, you know, we. we We've got to a point now where we've got enough teams using it that we can bring the price down quite a lot. So it's like 10% of what it used to cost. Uh, so it's, um, we're in a good place. Uh, and with that rehab process, that's an interesting one. And, and it's interesting to hear what his thoughts were in terms of Antonio to go back into the Premier League and, and be performing in the Premier League. But with that intensity, that build-up of intensity, obviously the, the drills can start quite simple, can't it? Just in terms of like... Ta- in like ta- whether it's like a target practice, whether it's like you said, like a foot goal or something. So they are just getting the, a little bit of a feel of, of being out on a pitch or whatever it is, building up to more specific and even position specific drills, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we you as a coach can vary exactly what you want a player to do. So if you just want them to be, let's say they're four weeks post-surgery on, on something that happens to a knee and you just want them on their feet and stood up, um, but you don't want them to be put under any pressure. Um, but they can't go on um, on a bike yet. They can't do any running or anything like that. Um, we've got examples of players who, who've been in that scenario and the coach just had them stood up playing foot goal and like take every shot with your right foot. And that's all they want them to do. You know, nine holes on the foot goal. It looks dead sedentary, but players enjoy it because it's competitive. Um, also, you know, the fit players can have a go and compete against them or whatever, but... It's a bit more involving. It's a bit more involved than just doing, you know, the, any of the standard stuff. Or it, it, it gives you an extra five minutes. You know, like the whole of Resil is not. It doesn't replace anything. It's additive. You know, it's all there to basically say, if you want a bit of extra tactical training or mental training, we can throw that on top. Um, you know, we're not. We're never going to replace anything on the field or in the gym. But if you want that bit extra, or if you want to get an extra ten minutes out of a player every day, then you know we're ideal for that. And that's where we've been massively successful um, right at the start and at, you know at later phases a couple of players have talked about um, reducing the game time in in uh, reserves because they feel like they're back up to mental strength, mental speed um, sooner because they've not they've been stimulated all the way throughout the recovery they've been put under pressure all the way throughout the recovery or mental pressure all the way throughout the recovery so they've not dropped like you would typically do um, if you have like a long-term injury, you're going to lose some of your sharpness and your game sharpness. But if you put in our system, you don't, you're never going to be in a situation where you're not being put under game pressure or, or anything like that. Even if you physically can't make contact with a real ball, you can, you can still be in those situations um, in, in Resil. It's, um, it, it's, yeah, the feedback's been amazing. 
That's another interesting part because uh, when you're doing these drills, obviously you can see a ball and a ball moves when you move your foot and you, you're striking it. But obviously we're not actually kicking it. So it's taking away the, I suppose, the force that comes behind a kick, isn't it? So when we're talking about a rehab plan, if it is, a say, we're trying to build up stability on a, on a leg and we're just going through a, a kicking action, there's no impact on the ball, is there? So that, that's another um, interesting side where it can fit in. Yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of research on this. Um, I think since we last spoke, we've, we've you know, just mentioned we're starting the study, but we're, we're probably two years into eight or nine other studies with different, you know, in different areas of what we're looking at, for, even from like pure recovery, you know, um, like ACL recovery and, and, and mitigating like loss of neuro, um, neuroplasticity in, in, in that kind of situation. We're looking at loads of different loads of different facets and we're a lot more serious about that kind of thing now and um one of the things that constantly come up is you know is it safe in in recovery to have a player do this you know what's the deload um as a player goes to kick a ball because naturally you'd get a, a punch back but you know are you going to hyper extend uh, when you kick in we've done tons of like actual motion capture with um a hospital um and a university looking at this kind of stuff to see if it has any impact and it's reading that it you know it's just the same as it would be in a real world but without the punch um so the you know the risk is low the other side of it is we've had five and a half thousand players use the system now and not one single injury throughout the whole throughout the whole thing so that's that's a number in itself that stands up quite well and yeah quite pleased with and that that's interesting isn't it with the kicking because that that would be um i can see that being a concern for physios and uh, mm. coaches that the fact that you're not actually striking anything you're not going to react to it but maybe the fact that you can see it and it does actually move it sort of does something up there that that makes you react yeah. in the way that you would when you are striking a ball normally that's the theory that, that we that we stand by and we think um, and that's what seems to show up in in this um in the studies we've done so far is that your your actual the visual stimulus of you striking the ball naturally just makes you decelerate straight away yeah. from from you from your kick. Um, it's it's one of those things that you can only really understand when you try it again. You know, like you perceptually you you don't feel indifferent to when you're actually kicking a ball, even though you don't feel it. So you, you I've never once, even though you know I've been in this system multiple thousand times now, and I'm not I'm not just saying this because it's because it's mine or ours. I'm saying it because it's true that. You know, you, I've never felt like I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to hyperextend or, you know, or be in a dangerous kind of position because everything that we do, even though it's a virtual world, it's a natural world. You know, we put you in the positions and we make you change your body shape in the same way that you would do in a real game. We're not asking you to do anything, anything that's weird, um, aside from maybe a couple of the games that are a bit challenging. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not, the, the movements are natural. You know, they're, they're not going to put you under any stress that, that you wouldn't be in a game. And you, and you can obviously control that as well, can't you? There's a, there's a build-up to that, getting into like a, a full game scenario where you're adding that, that kind of stress right back to like, a, a, like you said before, the, the very first part of the rehab process. Um, yeah. The other bit I was going to say, Andy, which I, I'm interested with and I've got no knowledge on this whatsoever, when we speak about the cognitive side and sort of recognising stimulus on the pitch, obviously vision is a big part of that as well because there's reacting to something, but there's also seeing it. And I, I, I honestly think this is a big part of when you talk about the De Bruyne's and people like that, that, that a lot of people, if I was in that same position, I probably wouldn't see the things he sees. So what, what, and I don't know whether this is the case, but what sort of, how does the system work with that? Can you, can you train that? Is that something that can be monitored 
So what we tend to do, and our approach to that is, we'll tend to create scenarios where you have, where you're forced to look in a certain in a certain way or you first forced to focus on something so we kind of train you to do that in a game situation so we'll force you to check your shoulders and react to it and in, in, in a way but on top of it we're also now uh, which we, we've only we've only just recently released we're actually now tracking head movements so we know um which part of the pitch you're, you're moving not just from a you know eye, eye, eye tracking perspective but actually where your head's going um and then we can if we want we can further delve into that with the with the clubs who who want to go that far we can further delve into it and go well the focus was on this as well and there was a 200 millisecond glance time on this thing which means that they that they the player actually focused and made some kind of um, decision based on on that you know that momentary focus we can go into all kinds of depth now that we couldn't do before and that's really interesting in terms of saying we know that a player like De Bruyne looks here um, you know this is what he does and this is how he responds to it so what does a player like um, a, 12, a 14-year-old kid, you know, is he doing the same kind of thing? Because if so, maybe there's something someone we should pay closer attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And then the really exciting bit now, the future. And obviously there's certain things that I'm sure you can talk about and can't talk about and certain things that maybe you don't even know about yet, but that's going to spring yeah. up. But what are the plans for it? Because I know there's some really exciting stuff that you guys have got planned. Yeah, um, well, our main thing obviously is always that we're gonna we, we're gonna keep doing the work that we're doing with with the elite teams and elite players and developing players and and then recovering players because you know it's it's something that we we were built on as foundation for us for us as a company. You know, we, we we're getting good at it to be honest with you as well. So that that's always that always helps. But um, as I said before, like our main thing really as a company, our main goal has always been to democratize access to training and access to high quality coaching and and so on and make it available to as many people as possible so we're going to start to take elements from the elite side and release it to the general public um on platforms like steam so we've got a game on steam at the moment that uses all the same physics engine that that we use with the pros but it's, it's gamified it's not actually going to make you any better or anything like that or, or do anything for you just yet but it might do in the future we'll, but that's that's a secret but um, <laughs> <laughs> um then we've got um in later this year middle of this year we're releasing a multi-sport um product um a multi-sport training product on the oculus quest um, which is supported by facebook um and that will be looking at um, things like quickness of vision, improving your um, mental agility, improving your decision making in different sports, so basketball, American football, tennis, obviously football, um, and, and, and various other um, elements of uh, different sports to try and train, you know, a new generation of like athletes, but you know, in a, in a, in a mental sense. Um, and then later down later down the line, quite honest, we're going to be long, we're going to be launching on the PlayStation as well and doing the same kind of thing and try and make it even more accessible to as many as more people as possible. Um, bring these um, kind of at home, um, sort of bring these kind of high quality training experiences to people at home. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where we're going. Um, hopefully we'll get there. I'm pretty sure we will. You know, nothing stopped us before. So even a global pandemic <laughs> hasn't, hasn't stood in the way yet. So I'm, I'm confident that we'll get there. Yeah, and obviously the progress you've made in, um, we said it was a long time, but at the same time, years can fly by, can't they? So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it progresses, especially when things open up and you guys are able to get out and about again um, a little bit more. I know a lot of people, Andy, will be thinking, well, 
first of all, is it affordable for me? Would I be able to get it in my club? Like, where do I follow? Where do I see it? Where do where can I get access to it? So, do you want to give a few details on on in terms of like people getting in touch? Yeah, um, I mean, our website is is obviously the good starting point, um, or our socials. So, resl.com and at resl um, on Twitter, um, or just email myself, Andy at resl.com. Probably, you know, a good starting point. <laughs> um, the the system itself, like I say, it's, it's a lot cheaper than it used to be. Um, we can now service people for like four hundred pound a month, four grand a year, um, and it's all inclusive. At that point, you get all the data, you get all the analysis, you get everything um, that you would need to to get started. Um, we've got um, other products out there now, like sort of game, which is you know it starts on Steam and it's free, but you, there's no data, there's no benefit to it. it might be fun for um, for a player coming back from recovery, but it's not built for that. You know, if you want the scientific approach, if you want the stuff we can stand by from a data perspective, then like anything else, it's, it's, it costs. Uh, but um, the good thing is now we can stand by and go, well, it's, it's cost, but you have, you have an effect that we, can, that we can stand by and we can show you that you're going to get a benefit from this, not just, um, you know, it's not just a fun, fun thing to do. And what's the game is. called? Uh, just Resil, Resil Player, rather, yeah, so Resil Index and Resil Player. Resil Player, Resil Index is what we'll sell to everybody who's um, like at academy level or pro level, and the player version is for kids at home and players at home. Brilliant. Well, mate, I appreciate you coming on. It's great to hear the updates. It's re- it's a really interesting area, I think, of, of the whole preparation of a player. Um, and something that I personally think is going to get bigger and bigger. We did an episode not long ago with Fraser Finley at Crystal Palace. He spoke about cognitive and visual training. Um, I think it's definitely going to get bigger and bigger, and it's just really interesting to hear the updates of what you guys are doing and where it's going to go. So we'll definitely have to get another one, mate, um, and and keep up with what's going on. But, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And if anyone ever wants to come into the office and try it, you know, we're always set up here. Just uh, give us a shout. And obviously you can come back in and have another go. We'll give you um, another challenge. See, definitely. see how things have moved on. No, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. going to make it in. And just to let uh, everyone know that you, you're based in Manchester. Yes, yeah. Um, but we are now, you know, we're everywhere. If, even if you're listening in the US, we can make a demo happen. Mexico, Peru. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. All well, know, Peruvian we, we can... listeners. Yes, yeah. If they're all there, we're sure we can set you a demo up. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Well, yeah, thanks a lot right. for your time, Andy. Appreciate you coming on, mate, and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate your support. Please give it a share. I think it's a really interesting one because it's quite a different podcast. Make sure you go and check out the, the work that Rezl do. So go and give them a follow. You can follow them on Twitter at Rezl, which is R-E-Z-Z-I-L and then underscore You can also go and check out their website. Um, Takeaways for me, obviously, I spoke to Andy before and um, we've caught up a few times in, or a a couple of times in the last few weeks or so. But I think the fact that Rezl's getting more accessible for more people, because obviously he spoke about the change in price, that's quite exciting. Um, Players, more players will be able to use it. Obviously, there's professional players like he mentioned about Mikel Antonio using it in his rehab but obviously it becomes more affordable for, for players but if it, if it does get cheaper the system um, then it can get out into more homes and that I think that's quite an exciting side of it as well as the game they've got out and everything they've got planned with the PlayStation as well I think that's really interesting just on Mikel Antonio, obviously he spoke about him using it in his rehab and I know there's a lot of other players that have used it as well and 
it is really interesting with the rehab process because um, that cognitive side is really hard to replicate obviously with players not being on the pitch but it is something that the guys at Res will do great because you can put players in certain scenarios and game situations and it might just give them that little spark that they can't get when they're going through especially the early stages of the rehab process the future of speed development with this system as well is really interesting for me because like I said at the start and with the, uh, in, in the podcast with Andy, and we touched on this with Clive Brewer, is that um, we talk about speed development and trying to recognise, and Jonas Dodu spoke about this on the podcast as well, recognise the area that the player needs to work on, whether that is simply increasing strength, increasing power so they can produce more force, whether it is working on the technical side of actually sprint techniques, change direction techniques, deceleration, or whether it is the fact that they need to be out on the pitch and start recognising things visually, cognitively. Um, and that's obviously where this system fits in. So I think it's a really interesting part that we we can attempt to rep- replicate in drills and things like that. But I think this, this could be a really good addition to a, the, the training process as well. And the other thing finally for me in terms of a takeaway was Andy spoke about the multi-sport games that they've got on there. And that straight away made me think, well, there could be a potential in, in the academies. Um, obviously, a lot of academies will use like the multi-sport approach. They'll use uh, multi-sports in, in their physical prep to um, give players that sort of the, the physical loading or physical attributes from as many different sports as possible. But maybe this will fit in um, with the cognitive side as well of, of learning those sports and that's just my opinion. I think it's an interesting area to sort of research. I'm looking forward to seeing more information coming out over the next few years from the research that these guys are doing and watching the company grow as well. Um, but I do encourage you to go and check it out and just, just give them a follow and watch the stuff they're doing because it is really interesting. But I want, just want to say thank you to Andy for coming on and giving up his time as well. I know it has been a challenging time for them. Um, they've not been out, been able to travel around as much and do all the things that they've been doing re- um, recently before the lockdown and COVID and everything. But yeah, it was great to catch up with him and I appreciate him giving up his time. And as always, guys, thank you very much for your support on the podcast. Please share the episode. And if you haven't already subscribed, go and subscribe. And if you've not already headed over to iTunes and left us a review, please do that. It only takes a couple of minutes and it means the world to me. So thank you very much for that. And I'll speak to you again in the podcast next week on episode 125.